0: It's after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Chanukah. Happy Chanukah to all. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Like nobody knows. Turn to the left from the right. What's right? What's wrong? Nobody knows. Heard the news? The proof world's spinning out of control. Stop. Keep it, cool. Keep it cool. Music gets you through. Get through. Hop in my car. Turn on the radio.
1: It was the Oh, 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 oh. oh. It's Benjamin. Your
2: name?
1: Isaac Hannan.
2: David Marshabaro.
3: <laughs> David Wingard and Menachem Weinstein. And Ephraim Seattle.
1: Some stories live while others come and go. The greatest nations fell, but one stands alone. Doesn't matter who, when, why, doesn't matter how strong we are. It always ends the same. Can you be Those few Maccabees picked up the torch, fought till the freeze Doesn't matter who, when, why. Now when God's on your side, so spread out your wings for eight days of flight.
0: In the A.M. There we go tonight. It's Hanukkah. Uh, Ellie Goldstein and Company with a selection entitled uh, "Night of Light," brand new single here at JM and the A.M. Yaeli Klein, brand new with "Adma Hashem." David Lowy, brand new with that AB Rottenberg selection "Mehera" from "Atayi Madi." You heard Six Thirteen with their big Hanukkah release for five seven seven five. That single entitled "Hanukkah." Feel the music. Nachas, who was in concert last night with Eighth Day in Brooklyn. That is his, uh, his big single. And Regesh Modani opening things up as we say, good morning. It's Friday on this December the 19th, day 27 in the month of Kislev. Today is day three of Chanukah. Today is Erev Shabbos Chanukah. Erev Shabbos Parshas Mikates with candlelighting time at 410 later on today. 410 is candlelighting time. I believe in Yerushalayim it's 358. Wow which means just before 9 a.m. Eastern time, they'll be starting Shabbos in Yerushalayim and obviously lighting Hanukkah candles before that. Yes, we light the Hanukkah candles before the Shabbos candles. Again, candle lighting in this area, 410 this afternoon. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be on Monday and Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Monday and Tuesday. 35 degrees outside with 63% humidity, winds in north. Two miles an hour. Sunny today with a high of 40. Then tonight, clear skies, a low 31. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. A high Shabbos, 38 degrees. Yerushalayim is cloudy with 57. We're at 35 here in Jersey City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM. Big shout-out to our friends up in Connecticut. Looking forward to spending Shabbat, Shabbat Chanukah at Congregation Agudath Shalom, up in Stamford, Connecticut. Looking forward to that appearance for this Shabbos and... Uh, I thank the congregation in advance for their invitation. Um, Don't forget we have amazing programming on our stream all through the weekend, including right after JM and the AM table for two with Naomi Nachman today. An incredible era of Shabbos music mix all the way until candlelighting time. Uh, Saturday night of Shabbos Chanukah it'll be Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time on the stream. At jm and, the and of course, Matas with JM Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time, all on jmnam.org. Don't forget, Elliot Weiselberg has an amazing show called Court Report, where the hockey and basketball uh, results and uh, analysis are discussed on a weekly basis in our beloved Yeshiva League. Court Report happens every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the stream at JM and the AM Dot org. We still have the Mushroom Lamp Challenge out there. You know that the uh, the folks at Kosher Innovations, the Kosher Lamp, have put out the mushroom lamp. Uh And we are still issuing a challenge to anybody around the world who has nine mushroom lamps. If you have nine mushroom lamps, or if you could get together with some neighbors and make a collection of nine mushroom lamps... If you could send us a photo of a mushroom lamp Hanukkiah, literally eight lamps lined up in some platform with a ninth lamp right in the middle. If you could send us a photo of a lit-up mushroom lamp, that's what we're looking for with all these images of Hanukkiot and latkes and uh, dreidels that are being uh, social networked around the world. We are looking for the mushroom lamp from Kosher Innovations <laughs> to be utilized as an electric menorah. You can do that. You get us the picture. we will I don't know what we'll get you. We'll get you something, that's for sure. I can guarantee you that. Looking forward to seeing that picture at some point. Weekly update coming up an hour from now. Malcolm Honline will join us. We'll discuss the uh, events of this week. And, boy, there have been a lot of events this week, a lot of events. Malcolm Honline will analyze the weekly events for us and the weekly update coming up here at JM in the AM, officially at 7.40 this morning. And uh, we look forward to that. Rabbi Yudin, of course, with words for Erev Shabbos Chanukah and Parshas Mikates and plenty more as we go all the way until 9 o'clock this morning right here at JM in the AM. Well, I'm sure he was spectacular last night, uh, but Yeshiva University, the one and only Hanukkah, well, not the only Hanukkah selection, but the great Hanukkah selection from Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock at JM in the AM. <laughs>
4: La vai sem no, vai eu me sei. no, vai eu me Lava like say no, Bayomi more hey, Bayomi Baiomi, more rain. Was mana say, sim, say no, Bayomi more hey, Bayomi Baiomi, How are we saying no. it? the manure Mino- on Hanukkah to remind us of another miracle. The great Yehudas fed cheese and wine to the evil general, making him fall asleep. Then she was able to
1: destroy him. I put my latkes in the air sometimes, like a
0: In the AM, Yeshiva Boys from YBC Live Volume 4 with Yavanim, Great Hanukkah Selection here at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard the, um, uh, the Uncle Maishi Selection, Candlelight off the Chanukah Album, Yaakov Shwekis Hassov, Words from Maoz Tsur, Pure Soul with the Mei Words from Al Hanisim, and Micha Gamerman, Bazman Hazeh, Brand New Single, um, perfect for Hanukkah. That was preceded by a uh, Schlockrock Lenny Solomon and my menorah. I keep getting these amazing reports about how incredible Lenny Solomon was last night at the YU concert and uh, in general how great the concert was last evening. Seven o'clock in the morning on a Friday. It's Erev Shabbos Chanukah on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Mikates. Candle lighting at 410. Candle lighting in Jerusalem just around four o'clock, which means nine a.m. couple hours from now. Eastern time. Well, Bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Teves, will be uh, coinciding with Chanukah as it tends to do. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Monday and Tuesday, 35 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 40. Clouds tonight, or actually clear tonight, low 31, mostly sunny for tomorrow, with a high Shabbos Chanukah, 38 degrees. We're at 35 right now, Friday morning, of Shabbos, J.M. in the A.M., Tomorrow night, Matas Weingast, an amazing, excuse me, tomorrow night Rummy has Saturday Night Seagull starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, a special Hanukkah edition. Sunday morning, Matas Weingast with J.M. Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. And Naomi Nachman is going to follow J.M. in the A.M. Table for two today at 9 a.m. will feature bloggers Alex Edov, the kosherologist.com, Melinda Strauss, from kitchen-tested.com, and Hani Apfelbaum from busyinbrooklyn.com. They'll be comparing all their Hanukkah recipes and ideas to share with the listeners. That's between 9 and 10 this morning on jmtheam.org, right after JM and the AM. Weekly update comes up at 7.40 Eastern Time. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County 91.9 FM. Around the world on the web, org From the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios, Galay Israel, Army
5: Radio News, next. is <laughs> in ישראל מאז תומ יפצץו כהיתان. ולמ במהלך השבועות האחרונים, ירווע פלסטינים רכיתות ניסוי רבות לאזרחים פturesים שלא יפרצו בשרד חישראל. כתבו נד杰克י חוגי מד' שעוד לפני עייר ישראל יישרה למגירת פלסטיני מאז ליקנס לישראל כדילית פליל במישגת הלקצה. בהשטחים, מאות פלסטינים מפגינים סמוך לכפר תורמוסאיה, במקום שבו מת השר הפלסטיני זיהד אבול אין. כתבנו עם בל תמיר מוסר שכמה מהם יידעו אבנים והתאמתו עם כוחות הביטחון שהשיבו לפיזור הפגנות. צבא פקיסטן יצאה למבצע על בבית הספר השבוע,
2: על פי הודעת הצבא הפקיסטני, 57 טרוריסטים מארגון הטליבן שביצע את הפיגוע נהרגו בשורת התקפות רגליות ואוויריות של הצבא בהם המאחרונה. בסך הכל טוענים בפקיסטן כי הרגו כ-1,700 מחבלים במהלך חצי השנה האחרונה. ביום שלישי השבוע מחבלים מארגון הטרורי השתלטו על בית צבאי בעיר פשואר, רצחו יותר מ-140 בני אדם, רובם תלמידים, ופצעו מעל 100 נוספים.
5: מבקר הפנים של הליכוד זימן את ראש נתניהו לשימוע בטענה שניצל את משאבי המפלגה לצרכיו בבחירות המקדימות כתבנו עידו בן בג'י המבקר עורך הדין שי גלילי דורש מנתניהו להבהיר מדוע כי הם כנס שנועד לקדם את מעומדותו לרשות הליכוד בבית המפלגה במצודת זאב במכתב ששיגר לראש הממשלה כתב גלילי שימוש של מעומד במשאבי המפלגה מהווה טובת הנאה ממתי נתניהו נמצא בתגובה, מדובר בנייר הזוי שיענה בתגובה משפטית, או לאמת, גורמים בסביבת נתניהו הוסיפו, מדובר באירוע כללי של הליכוד ולא חלק ממסע בחירות של ראש הממשלה. בבית אלמין הצבאי בקריאת שאול נערכה יום ההזכרה במלות שנתיים למותו של הרמטכאל החמישה השר אמנון ליבקין שחק. הרמטכאל הנוכחי רב אלוף בני גנץ נשא שם דברים לזכרו. אני
6: מתגעגע לתרוסר הפוזה, האמת הפשוטה. What was the first time to a
5: התחזית מחרי תכן טפטוף או גשם מקומי קל. ולסיום, שלושה חודשים לבחירות, קרב הרמיקסים בעיצומו. אחרי שהעשר נפתלי בנט פרסם השבוע רמיקס שלאהג לתגובתו של נוי אלוש על סרטון ההיפסטר שלו. אלוש עצמו צייץ לפני זמן קצר בטוויטר. רמיקס התגובה בתהליכים מתקדמים, וזה הולך להיות לא נעים, אנחנו מבטיחים לעקוב ולהדכן אלי החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר, בצוות, בת רווה ונועם נויפלד קוילה <מח> נשומות הללכו
6: הללוכו
1: קוילה נשומו נשומו שלי קוילה נשומות הללכו הללוכו Someone is so much. A so you saw You don't.
0: In the AM, Benny Freeman, of course, also amazing last night at the YU concert. Uh, there he is with Ka'anesh Shama off of the uh, brand new CD. Why is this computer not responding today? There we go. Brand new CD with All My Soul here at JM Eight minutes after 7 o'clock Friday morning broadcast at JM NAM. It's Erev Shabbos Chanukah with candlelighting at 410. Big shout out to Congregation Agudat Shalom in Stamford, Connecticut. Looking forward to seeing everyone later on today. Sunshine with a high temperature of 40. Clear skies tonight, and the mostly sunny for tomorrow. Looks like a nice Shabbos Chanukah in this area. Candle lighting at 4:10, and remember that the Chanukah candles are lit before the um, the Shabbos candles. Remember that Chanukah candles first, then the Shabbos candles. That's how it goes, and uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Shabbos Hanukkah starts in uh, Israel in just about two hours or so. So if you want to call somebody in the Holy Land, do so now. Speaking of calling, our friends at the Brooklyn Nets are offering uh, tickets to the um, new uh, to the I keep saying New Jersey to the Brooklyn Nets, Detroit Pistons game for Jewish Heritage Night this coming Sunday night at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. If you'd like to be a winner and get a formal a family four pack of tickets, call two zero one. 209-9368 201-209-9368 We'll take call number 5 at that number Make sure you're using that number 201-209-9368 And if you're in fact Call number 5 You will be the winner Here at JM in the AM So if you want to be a Jewish Heritage Knight, uh This coming Sunday night At the Barclays Center For the Nets and Pistons Call now Good luck from all of us here At JM in the AM
4: Lichana e lichana e lechabea Tikon beit te filati Tikon beit te filati toda, Visham toda nesabea Visham I'm to chanukat ma ma i
0: To do Fisher with that beautiful brand-new most Tour just released at the beginning of the week in honor of Hanukkah 5775. Congratulations to Sammy in Passaic, New Jersey. Picked up a family four-pack of tickets for Sunday night when the Brooklyn Nets take on Detroit at Jewish Heritage Night at the Barclays Center. Congratulations. Should we do one more? Let's do one more. Call number 5, 209 9368 Make sure to use that telephone number. Call number 5, 209 9368 Call now if you are calling number five. You'll be at Jewish Heritage Night at the Barclays Center this coming Sunday in Brooklyn, New York. Call now. Good luck. Happy Hanukkah from JM and the AM.
4: כי חתמתי לך, בכולי על כל פשע, על כל פשע. כל היום שeschחختי אותך,
3: גם כשקשה לפעמים גם אס אלוקים אתה לעולם לא רחוק מלך מלכי הבלכים תודה חיים על אור שרנפך ילחוק גם כשקשה לפעמים גם
4: אס אלוקים אתה לעולם לא גם but I will be a little bit of a little bit of a
3: little bit of of a little I'm <laughs> <laughs> Young sick as
0: am in the A.M. Malchem That's Ohad. Great job on that selection. Congratulations going out to listener Manny in Brooklyn, New York. Picked up a family four pack of tickets for the Brooklyn Nets in Detroit this coming Sunday night. Jewish Heritage Night is happening at um, the Barclays Center. Yankee Lemmer is singing the national anthem. They're lighting the Chanukia after the first quarter. So a whole bunch of great stuff going on on Sunday night. It's a Jewish Heritage Night. Brooklyn Nets this coming Sunday. If you want your tickets, obviously, you could log on and buy those. Uh, meanwhile, congratulations to our winners today, and uh, everybody should go and enjoy uh, all the great Hanukkah events that are going on out there. Uh, 20 minutes after 7 o'clock, JM in the AM, um, Rabbi Yudin coming up at 8.15 with the Erev Shabbos Hanukkah and Parshas Miketz. Malcolm online in a very interesting week in this world, to say the least, coming up at 7.40 this morning here at JM in the AM with the... Weekly Update, Malcolm Line Weekly Update, 7.40, 20 minutes from now at JM and the AM.
4: Please, Hila. lai la lai, hila lai, la lai, hila la la lai, lai, la, lai, ha la 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 hai la 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 Shabbos, Ha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-hi, la 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 Oh <laughs> Halalai, halalai, la la halalai, la halalai, 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 la halalai, 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 la halalai, Ha la 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 la, ha la 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 ha la 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 ha la Me
0: him Zamiros Played that a few times over the last few weeks. ABD from years ago with that on Zamiros Jam and before that Soul Farm with Lachado D, they were absolutely brilliant yesterday. They completely lit up our NSN app with comments. It was just unbelievable how many people enjoyed the Soul Farm live performance. We have had many great performances in studio here at JM in the AM. What they did yesterday was simply spectacular. Just unbelievable. Thank you, Soul Farm. Zusha, who they're going to be uh, in concert with on Wednesday night in Manhattan, with uh, Yoel's Nigun before that here at JM in the AM. Uh, more coming up, including our weekly update. Malcolm Homeline's is going to be joining us. We'll discuss the events of this week, and there's a lot to discuss, as you know. We'll do all that coming up on this Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, Erev Shabbos Parshas Miketz. Rosh Chodesh is Monday and Tuesday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh is Monday and a Tuesday. Keep that in mind. And if you have some time off for Hanukkah, enjoy. You know, a lot of schools are off either today or Monday, whatever the case may be. So enjoy and uh, have a great Chanukah uh, time with your family. J.M. in the AM, uh, Rabbi Yudin at 8.15. Naomi Nachman at 9 a.m. on J.M. and with an amazing brand new show. It's called Table for Two today. She'll speak with bloggers Alex Edo of kosherologist.com, Melinda Strauss from kitchen-tested.com, and Hani Apfelbaum from busyinbrooklyn.com. They'll discuss Hanukkah recipes and a whole bunch of stuff between 9 and 10 this morning. Uh, our stream goes with incredible Erev Shabbos music. Big thank you to our friends at Kedem. That happens from 10 a.m. until candle lighting time every single Friday. No better way to start your Erev Shabbos, that's for sure. And... um uh, don't forget Saturday night, Siegel tomorrow night with a rummy. Matis has JM Sunday on Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And Court Report with Elliot Weiselberg. Hockey, Basketball, Yeshiva League is all part of the big Court Report story Sunday night, 7 p.m. on our stream at jmandtheam.org. If you missed any of the Soul Farm performance from yesterday, I highly recommend at some point over the weekend you go to the archives, jmandtheam.org and check it out. It was simply spectacular. No other way to say it. Uh, weekly update and more coming up. Keep it here at JMNAM. If you want to comment on anything, the NSN app is the best way to do so. Make sure to install on your iPhone or Android our NSN, Nachum Siegel Network app. That is the app that gives you the chance to comment right there on the home screen. And uh, you can say whatever you want about any show. You can literally comment about any show that's already happened. It will go onto that show's comments or any show that's going on right now, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's the NSN app. Check it out. And enjoy. This comes from Yerachmiel Begun in the Miami Boys Choir. in the a.m. Hooked on Hanukkah is the name of that album. Oh yes, goes back a while. Um, uh, that's Haneros Halalu. That also goes back a while. <laughs> nice traditional uh, uh, words of Haneros Halalu that we say after candle lighting. Uh, light up the nights with Alan Before that with your Achmiel Begun Miami Boys Choir. It's Erev Shabbos Chanukah. Erev Shabbos Parshas. Me, Kate's big thank you and happy Hanukkah to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to Enthusiastically recommend our incredible stream this week during Hanukkah week. Our stream is amazing. As we said, all you need is the NSN app this week, nothing else. That's all you need is the NSN app. And you've got the, uh, everything you need for great Hanukkah programming. Great talk, great music, everything you can imagine. Uh, so thank you JewishWorldview.com and everybody, uh, Enjoy all their thousands of articles they have to offer on all the interesting topics going on in this world of ours. And boy, oh boy, there are a lot of interesting topics. By the way, um, the, um, the the <laughs> the mushroom lamp menorah is a very, very simple challenge. We are looking for somebody to take nine mushroom lamps and line them up and take a picture. Simple as that. We've been getting all these incredible uh, pictures of Hanukkah Yot, menorahs from around the world. But that we have not seen. And if you don't have nine at home, maybe combine with some neighbors. Yeah, that new Mushroom Lab from Kosher Lab. It's very simple. We're looking to get nine of them lined up and make it into a Hanukkiah and then just send it around the world. Simple as that. Um, pretty easy concept. Congratulations to our winners for Jewish Heritage Night at Barclays Center this coming Sunday. Thank you to the Brooklyn Nets for those. We'll see if we can do more coming up here at JM and the AM. We'll see if we can get to more of those during the um, 8 o'clock hour. Uh, weekly update time. Malcolm Honline is with us live via telephone. He is the Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us for the weekly update Fridays at this time here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, happy Hanukkah and welcome back to JM in the AM.
7: To you too, and to everyone.
0: Thank you very much. What were your thoughts when the news of this week made you realize that there would be an American em- American embassy in Havana before there would be an American embassy in Jerusalem?
7: Well, the first uh, reaction was obviously joy at the release of uh, Alan Gross, for whose, whose freedom we have worked for a long time. Um, uh, took five years, but uh, he was released, and the Price was the release of the Cuban Three, as we had known all along. Uh, in terms of the relationship with uh, Cuba, I think it's something that will be debated uh, with a lot of heat, uh, because we haven't seen a real change in the Cuban government and its policies. It's anti-Israel stance, it's anti-American stance, it's um, the human rights situation. I think those are all things that will be examined in great detail.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. You know, one of the things I was wondering about, because, uh, I mean, the news as it reviews the history of the last, you know, 50-some years, discusses the uh, the unbelievable alliance that, uh, you know, almost led to, I don't know, you could say almost led to a world destruction in the early 1960s between Cuba and the Soviet Union. Once the Soviet Union collapsed, what was the relationship between then and Cuba, and in fact today, what was the relationship and is the relationship between the two of them?
7: Well, they still have a close relationship. It's a communist country, uh, but um, obviously at that point it was a base against the United States, and it was uh, there was heavy Russian military investment. You don't see heavy economic investment. The plight of um, most of the ordinary Cubans is severe. It's been impacted by the they've been impacted by the sanctions regime that's been in place for all of the years. So I think that, that there's still this connection, but it, it's certainly not what it was then.
0: And of course everyone in our community wondering about the Jewish community of Cuba. What could you tell us?
7: Very small, and it's uh, the young people leave as soon as they're able to. The, um, uh, you know, it's a proud community. The president of the community has been outspoken and has protested. There have been some minor anti-Semitic incidents, and there's obviously been Is and has been concern on their part in the relationship with the government and the government policy towards Israel and towards uh, other matters. Uh, So I hope this will be, uh, you know, signal a better era, and that the young people who will continue to will be able to be more freely able to uh, to depart.
0: The when when uh, foreign policy shifts like this happen. You know, when they just fall from the sky and they just, you know, surprise everybody, uh, although, I don't know, maybe maybe you had an inkling, based on all your connections, that this might happen. Uh, but when it falls from the sky and most people are completely unaware, uh, it, are, is it inclined one way or the other to be successful or not successful? Are Secret talks, and we know what secret talks led to when it comes to Israel, but secret talks in general, when they lead to a major foreign policy change, uh, uh, does it usually lead to success or failure?
7: Well, it, it often leads to success when you don't have publicity because you give the opportunity to the upside to climb down. Uh, I met, frankly, with Cuban officials, very high Cuban officials, during the, the last two years. We, we did not publicize it. Obviously, it was conditioned for them and for the, the chance to have further discussions and hopefully to make some progress. Um, but you have to weigh it because sometimes the public... Uh, Knowledge becomes a leverage tool, and that the, whether it's embarrassment or whether it's public the power, of public opinion, or leveraging it in other ways, even you know economically, economic boycotts, etc. So you have to weigh in each instance, as we do, and you have we have to think about what are the consequences you say for the Jewish community in, in Cuba? What about the the, the uh, chance to get gross out? Will it be hurt or helped? publicity and frankly it was his decision about when to go public there were times when they did not want to go public in the hope that this was a temporary move or some misunderstanding or whatever we did the same thing with soviet Jewry when soviet jews went and hijacked an airplane when soviet jews made decisions because it's easy for us to sit here and get headlines but if we're putting their lives in jeopardy or jeopardizing the possible outcome so in each instance and I'm talking about it from a Jewish perspective, but I think American government also has to, and a government, has to weigh what is the most effective means to g- achieve your end. I do think there has to be consultation, for instance, with Congress. I do think that they have to have a relationship of trust where they can consult, inform, and and uh, get the consent of Congress uh, for the administration to to take major foreign policy uh, initiatives
0: is it likely that certain members of congress were consulted in this process
7: i think that well i know that there have been briefings so long because the question has been raised uh, very frequently and we were told uh, some time ago that things were in the works and that uh, uh, to watch out in the next couple weeks to see what happens so I'm sure members of Congress were told the same at least, and if not
0: more, yeah, um we know what's going on. you've described for us what's going on in central america, south america um it, it, I, I know that if this would have been a public debate if this if this whole process would have been revealed at some point, would it have been a very high profile uh, uh argument you know between one side and the other in the United States? I mean, I know the reaction from both sides is pretty passionate right now what would it have been like if this whole process was well known over the last few months more intense <laughs> I, I mean it would have been a really Let's big realize it's a fait complete. it would have dominated the sunday morning shows for months no
7: it would have the short term because people are not that interested in cuba they don't see it as a direct threat they don't see it as a it's not an economic powerhouse it's not a doesn't have nuclear weapons um the government there has toned down its rhetoric so i think it would have been an issue i do think that there are very strong opinions in the cuban american community for instance you heard senator rubio senator menendez others who have come out very strongly against the resumption of diplomatic relations when they feel that the we ha, there hasn't been change and that you diminish the the uh, momentum to change if you in fact reward people without without them having to produce uh, but uh, And there are people who will argue the contrary, that opening up the country will mean that we'll increase uh, domestic pressure and more people will uh, demand uh, a different government, different system, more freedoms. And that's the kind of debate you would have had in, in the public, more public, broader. But, again, for, for most people, I don't think that this is uh, a high-intensity issue.
0: All right. Could any other U.S. president have done this? Why didn't any of the previous United States presidents gone ahead and essentially unilaterally make this decision to go ahead with this type of policy?
7: Well, I don't think that uh, George Bush or both Bushes would have, and perhaps President Clinton as well. Um, that wasn't their view of Cuba and how you deal with uh, uh, Cuba. This is the way that the president, who believes in engagement, who believes in outreach, uh, he's done it with Iran. He's doing it with Cuba. He's done it with others. And, you know, we will see whether, I guess history will judge whether this was effective or not.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Lots of things to talk about even outside of Cuba. But I, I hope, and and you have the ability to do this, I hope that you're able to convey and convince certain public officials in this country that that, you know, that smart-alecky line uh, that, you know, uh, of the uh, of there being an American embassy in Havana before an American embassy in Jerusalem. As smart-alecky as it is, it would be a very effective thing to start spreading around.
7: Well, I think one of the things that uh, should uh, spread around is that now with the release of Gross, it's time to release Pollard. Not because there's linkage between them, and there is none, but because we see that uh, that if the Cuban government could give this gesture... It's certainly long overdue after 30 years that Pollard
0: be released. Yeah, do you think this will help his chances? Maybe. You never know, huh? Um, all right, uh, uh, it, it, we see what's going on with the Russian economy, and I got a tutorial this week because you know how I am with economics. <laughs> as, as much as I don't know about much, I know even less about economics. Uh, and I got a tutorial about uh, how the price of oil affected all this and how the ruble is now really suffering in terms of its uh, the value of its Currency. Obviously, this is going to take a long time for Russia to recover from. Uh, is it a bad idea, or is it a bad thing in general to have a major, or certainly, uh, uh, you know, one of the major superpowers having a faltering economy? Could this cause a tremendous amount of disability or instability? I should say, not only in their own country but in the entire region.
7: Well, we can speculate together, and although we know already some of the impact and and and. The most immediate impact, obviously, is on the domestic population, where the economy has been in ruins, and the further decline of the ruble means that they have no. The buying power goes down proportionately, and certainly, with foreign goods uh, are become prohibitively expensive. uh, But it affects even domestic uh, goods, and many of, let's say, the upper class probably had money in in rubles and may owe money in dollars, which means that their debt went up double overnight or virtually overnight but the the question is how does the government uh, then relate to does it force them to take a more conciliatory approach reduce the actions in vis ukraine which brought on the additional sanctions it doesn't deal with the um, even more important uh, decrease in the price of oil for russia which is the largest exporter in the world of oil uh, people think you know it's saudi arabia but it's actually russia so for them,
0: Just the not to us, right? price
7: of oil is, is extremely impactful. Right. And they budget, I think, at 95 or or $105 oil. Uh, Iran does at $105 or 115 So the, the, um, the, the fall to, to the 50s uh, per barrel is dramatic in its impact. And before the dramatic drop, Russia's... GDP, gross domestic product, was the same as Italy's. So there's very little infrastructure, economic infrastructure, manufacturing, other things. Uh, they have natural resources, diamonds, oil, other things that they can export. But in terms, let's say, of high tech and other things, they have very limited
0: capacity. They so, do. They, they do so not. Ex-
7: the question is, does it lead to a more aggressive foreign policy? Do you try to divert attention? Does Putin try to divert attention by being more aggressive and rallying nationalism vis-a-vis the Ukraine or other things against the Europeans and Americans and talk about, you know, try to blame everything that happened on these external forces? Does it lead to dissent in the country and rise of extremist groups and, and, and more um, violent expressions of opposition to the government? There are a lot of things that could come out of this which may not be pretty, and you see Russia's, increased involvement in Syria in other places. It's, uh, it's the pressure on the former Soviet Union countries, especially in Central Asia, and its uh, potential alliances with in, in, in Syria, the new alliances, Syria, Iran, and Russia.
0: Well, I don't get the anti-American argument. What, would, what is it? What is it that he would tell the public that, you know, blames us all on the United it's States? It's American
7: sanctions. It's the sanctions. It's not because the economy and because the government has done everything right, but because the Ru- Americans don't like their policy to protect um, their russian brothers and sisters in ukraine and they impose these sanctions together with the europeans and that is an attempt to undermine russia because they know russia's a great power that the the um, that they want to bring the russian people to knees and the russian people will stand up against this and rally and they should stand behind the government because putin is defending them and defending uh, russian pride
0: and russian uh, interests if we want the russians to get back on their economic feet do we have to lift some of those sanctions
7: well, ultimately, the sanctions—that's what the sanctions are meant to do. They're meant to have an economic impact, and to pressure, and to build up domestic pressure against the, a government, or in this case, the Putin government. Um, you know, we have to see—it's been—they've been in place, and they've taken a toll, and we have to see actions on the part of Russia to justify lifting the uh, the sanctions, which is one of the arguments about, you know, Iran that that we lifted or suspended partially some of the sanctions, and many argue that that wasn't smart. And and you see that today the the Iranians are far more aggressive. The Navy commanders gave an interview this week in which he talked about how they bottlenecked the United States in the the Gulf, and they can deploy uh, their Navy in U.S. waters that they're in, the Persian Gulf, this Indian Ocean, the Mediterranean uh, and we've talked for a long time about what, what the significance of what they did in Yemen and what they've done in, um, in controlling the Straits of Hormuz, which are the two key uh, uh, crossing points of the, the Straits to which all the shipping has to go. And the, so that you see a more aggressive stance, and it's not because relief or some partial relief in sanctions has made them more amenable in the negotiations, quite the opposite looks like they're taking a tougher and tougher
0: stand yeah and a weak russia has very limited has much more limited capability to crack down on any neighboring country and that of course might be a necessity for us in the near future
7: and the europeans you know take this very seriously also germany especially and the um, and the question of uh, of how russia will now play out in the international community will be amenable in other issues to cooperate or not will they they try to stick it to the united states they've you know increased their trade and warmed up to iran and certainly protectors of assad and in many other instances and 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 they play the game off and when america doesn't play it right when the west doesn't play it right then countries will say okay we turn to the russians egyptians to go and make major arms purchases from the Russians, because they, they when they felt they were slighted or didn't get the response or get what they wanted from in, in terms of purchases, uh, you saw Azerbaijan, which has fought to be pro-Western, has now made statements about the fact that they are going uh, that they will go back to, towards more pr- Russian uh, linkage because they're tired of being beaten up on by the West. There are reasons why in terms of human rights, but I think it's it's mistaken. I think that we should be embracing and helping these countries move along on the on the human rights front and democratization, but recognize the burdens that they carry, the situation that they are in, vis-a-vis Iran, vis-a-vis Russia, others, domestic uh, pressures from Islamists. Uh, and too often we ignore that. We don't show... We understand the realities on the ground.
0: America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web. JMNAM.org. Special hello to anybody listening on our NSN app, which gives you the chance to comment on anything going on at any time. How many countries do you estimate Russia sells oil to?
7: I don't know the number. I've never seen it analyzed because a lot of oil you know, is in a spot market, and you can't tell they export it. But
0: And they don't sell anything to the U.S., right? No, we don't. Uh... And um, the United States and its citizens are celebrating at, I don't know, an average of what is it now, two and a half, two sixty 2.60 a gallon of gas? What's the lowest price you remember in your lifetime? Back in the eighteen hundreds, <laughs> remember the price was pretty low. But
7: I mean I certainly remember when it was a uh, dollar
0: less. A dollar? dollar and a half. Malcolm, I remember forty cents a gallon. I'm much older, <laughs> Is that your point? I just find it funny that we no, you so... ask me what I remember, not what I lived through. <laughs> I find it funny as no, we I celebrate. Did. I do
7: remember. Uh, I was going to say double-digit uh, gas. Right. I if I say that, the young people in the audience and sing. <laughs> what? <laughs> They'll never this guy believe it. I lived in the 17th
0: century. And I would go ahead and accuse you of remembering single-digit prices. <laughs> Forget about the doubles. Um we saw what happened this you know it's amazing could you imagine what happened this week since the last time we spoke this attack in Australia and the way it was reported around the world again this whole lone gunman theory and I'd love your opinion on that and I'll ask you for it in a moment and we see what's happening with Boko Haram and you saw what happened in Pakistan we 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 keep using the expression that terror is at our door at this point and sure enough that's what's happening we never know where to expect it anymore and um, well, first to address Australia. I mean, you know, it was reported as this lone gunman. He he certainly uh, made a point of making uh, the world aware of his association with ISIS and what his demands were as a quote unquote ISIS representative. Did the media do an injustice the way this story was reported? Injustice and in what? That this is, we have to acknowledge the fact that these people are in fact tied into, if not officially, then at least mentally, uh, terror organizations are being influenced by them. And not every time be told, this is just a lone madman who's going on a rampage.
7: Look, I think, uh, as you know, I've long made the argument that in most cases, if not all, but in, certainly in most cases we find some linkage, even if it's not direct membership in a cell, it's certainly influence on the Internet in the mosque, in in propaganda of uh, some form, some recruited in prisons, uh, uh, that there is some connection as we saw in the Brussels case, where all along they said, oh, it's, you know, the attack at the Jewish Museum was a lone gunman, it turns out he was in Syria, it turns out that he was trained there, um, and we're going to see much more of this, and I can tell you that in discussions just this week with foreign officials and, and American officials, this issue is finally beginning to beginning to get the attention it deserves about what the danger posed by the return of the thousands, estimated more than 20,000 uh, foreign fighters from 90 countries that are in Syria today, and that you have a thousand French people, you have many others that, that uh, the U in the UK MI5, their uh, uh, FBI spends half of their resources on this issue, and and we don't even begin to scratch the surface of, of understanding how to cope with the potential. Here, it, p- part of the, the, the what horrifies me is that the lack of reaction, you know, we talked about the beheading and how that be- has become so commonplace. Yep. And, you know, yesterday, uh, one guy killed 150 women in Fallujah because they wouldn't submit to the demand that they become wives to, to ISIL soldiers. Some of them were pregnant, and and, and they were just... Summarily executed 150 women. Where 100, uh, more than 100 children. Where is the outcry? Why? Why is the Geneva Convention convened in Switzerland for the third time since 1949 when it was adopted? And all the three times, what does it deal with? Israel there's no massacres they're fighting for human rights, fighting for survival, defending their citizens, trying to protect they to protect their minorities the only place the Christian population increases where Muslims vote where they have political parties they're the ones being brought into the docket at at the, the G- Geneva Convention uh, session with one hundred and twenty six countries present, and a massacre like this in in Pakistan and all these other countries in the ongoing torture and the azidis yesterday had a breakthrough we, we talked about it for those who don't know of the minority that was in iraq and was on mount sinjar and, and thanks to the efforts of the uh, the allies the united states led they did bombings 53 raids in two days but they, on the ground it was the kurdish troops the bashmara that went in created a, a, a safe passage for them to erbil and they got out these thousands of the people who had been abandoned and and up on the mountain there for for a long time without food, without sufficient weapons, many of them died, were killed as the ISIL uh, assault went on. But you're raising something so fundamental here: is that there's nothing that becomes the breaking point when you say that's it, no more. Like nine eleven, at least woke up America and forced them to revamp our thinking, our security, our status, and not enough. And we we it over time, it does dissipate too. But it was the impact was felt everywhere, every level of government and society. The only way you deal with these terrorists who are coming back is that you have to have set-ups. There are local areas that have such setups. ups There are countries Britain, for instance, where you have it down to the local level. The United States does not, and other countries do not. And if we have to really put down markets and say, that's it if the international community would truly mobilize and truly act in a unified fashion against these horrific acts you know what? You, you understand in the 30s what happened. They could read about Kristallnacht. They could read about all these things. And even those who were of goodwill and could, were motivated to respond, after a day or two, the newspapers drop it. People get, move on in their lives, and it's over. And this, to me, is, is the horrific thing that, that, you know, the Never Again Pledge, the part of the world, something you know, we knew, but you see it demonstrated so vividly, and that's not for Jews. It's Muslims who are victims, it's Christians who are victims, it's Yazidis who are victims.
0: Look at the Taliban attack in Pakistan, all the and, children that were killed.
7: In Nigeria, and the the, the Taliban in Afghanistan, the Boko Haram in, in Nigeria. And, you know, it's. I, I hope people understand what this means in the world, and that, that beheadings which are going on all the time, executions in Iran, for instance, are skyrocketing. He's killing people all the time, and we're sitting and talking to him as if nothing is happening there is a linkage to what happens inside a country. It's all related. And the the one-sided actions of the world, just, just in this one week, if I could say now, the, the things we had to deal with, and believe me, it was no sleep this week, because Sunday, from the whole night I worked on the fact that we got word from diplomatic sources, non-Jewish, non-American, about what's going to go on in the Security Council, what the plans were, what different assessments. Uh, and that the you know the Security Council convenes to try and talk about uh,
0: the Palestinian
7: uh, plan.
0: This is the resolution to tell Israel to get out of Judea and Samaria?
7: With a deadline, with no recognition of the Jewish Day, with everything. So they took the French initiative, and the French here are pushing this process, and the, the, they're trying to take away from Kerry in part. They want to convene a new Madrid-like conference, for those who remember, but yeah, actually in more than 50 countries in Paris... They want the prestige. They want to play a role. They, and for them, as uh, the 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 foreign minister, said, the second most important issue in the world is this: the Palestinian-Israeli. And, and the first issue is not Iran or the other things we're talking about. It's the climate control, which is an important issue. But but where's the the perspective on, on all this? So you have a debate in the in the, and a draft submitted in the um, UN uh, Security Council. It's actually Jordan which is, has the Arab-seated Security Council has to introduce it. They were not anxious to do it. Now the Palestinians are backing off, pushing for a vote. They blue-lined it, too, meaning that they wanted to move it more swiftly for a vote. Uh, it will not be. It's a draft, and it gives a, a one-year, two-year deadline for negotiations. The United States has now come out clearly against it and said they will veto this text. Uh, it does talk about uh, Jerusalem as a, a capital of, of two states. It talks about, it takes out the Jewish state, as I said. It had other uh, elements in there which go directly contrary to, to American uh, policy, and it talks about return to 67 um, borders. does not talk about even the territorial swamps or any of those other uh, arrangements. didn't deal with Australia. didn't deal with Pal- uh, the Pakistani attack. It doesn't deal with the massacres in Syria, the deaths of so many ongoing, or, or in Libya. And the, the um, uh, you know, the, the disproportion and the, the reaction, you know, Hamas comes to Tehran. Hamas thanks Iran for the money, the weapons. They fired rockets today towards Israel, and Israel will respond. But they've been testing new rockets into the, into the sea because they want to challenge the Iron Dome, and they want to extend the the both the payload and the range of of uh, their missile uh, capacity and they probably talk about going from jordan to the mediterranean i told our friends in washington how can we talk to them here look at what they said they said it again destroy the jewish state wipe it off the map and you feel that this is still somebody we can sit down with that we are, ought to find some path when they when they're talking against the united I mean, america still is the great satan their support for ISIS, we know that they're doing more and more in Iraq. Um, General Soleimani was there. Actually, their troops did not do that well in a particular uh, showdowns uh, near Samara. But they, their presence there is increasing. Their uh, presence in, in Yemen, the, uh, the, the Yaudis continue to consolidate in Lebanon, Syria, and Iraq, as they boast about it, and now in Sudan. And yes. we are continuing, and it's this blind approach to the world, and the disproportion, so you have the U.N. Security Council obsessed with Israel. You have the Geneva Convention obsessed with Israel. The EU general court dealing with Hamas, it was purely technical, and I believe it will be reversed. And I think the United States today called, yesterday uh, evening, called on the EU to, to, to uh, declare Hamas a terrorist uh, state, a terrorist entity. Uh, they declared it a stunning victory. It wasn't. It was a purely technical move, and the court uh, withheld... Uh, removing sanctions for 30 months to give everybody a chance to appeal. I believe it will be appealed. I believe it will go back. But again, the, even the thought of Hamas in this, even, even though it's technical and the court may not have had uh, much of a choice. In the meantime, the EU is debating resolutions about recognition which undermine any chance of peace, and they stop short of, of the initial motion of uh, for recognition, and they say, you know, any recognition we recognize, the... Importance of recognition of Palestinian state, but it has to come after negotiations, which is only a simple logic in, by any means. And yet, the whole world on fire—all the things you mentioned—and this is all they're obsessed
0: with. You know, George W. Bush. If you, I think, if you'd say what his legacy was, I think you know, certainly at the top of the list would be the war on terror. The leader of the free world has an opportunity now to really declare a real war on terror and coordinate with allies around the world against all these groups as we see what's going on who could walk into any building, any business establishment, any school, any anything and, and you know start attacking in the name of you know, their organization or their god or whatever it is they're representing. And it just seems, again, we've said this uh, many times over the last few months, it seems that Washington is not taking any type of leadership role in this area and not even getting as angry as you are publicly about the whole situation. And until the U.S. takes a leadership role, I don't see the world changing on this matter.
7: I, I do believe the United States and the West as a whole has to take more of a role. It's interesting. I just saw a, a, a minor reference to the fact that Britain is building a new permanent military base. It's the first new one in 40 years in Bahrain. And capable of holding aircraft carriers and destroyers. This is a very important statement by by
0: Britain about the significance of the region. Yeah, that they don't trust the U S. to do it. No, the yeah. U S. has a military presence. <laughs> I understand, but but, 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 but they I, may not think I mean, your it, point. But they either think it's not as effective as it should be, or that the leaders of the U S. wouldn't pull the trigger when they need to.
7: So there's a general impression in the world that the West is not going to stand up and that the actions that we took, whether it was in Syria or other places, that the red lines aren't red lines or pink lines, it's not easy to do these things. And none of these are magic bullets that are going to change the situation on the ground. And, and frankly, these are tough decisions when you have to engage it. It's a tough decision when the prime minister of Israel has to make a decision about what he does or the president or anybody else. The fact is, though, that if our enemies believed that we are prepared to take the necessary steps. It's the perception. I keep telling in Washington, in the Middle East especially, perception is more important than reality. They have to believe that we're prepared. That's what they believed about Bush. It wasn't his policy wasn't better. and We had a lot of the problems we faced, you know, started in those years and even earlier. But it was because they believed that he was nuts enough to do the things, and they said it to me. I heard it from people. Right. They said we really believed that Bush was unpredictable. He could right. do it.
0: They didn't trust the. They he don't was-
7: believe that America will do it. You know, it's, it's not important as important that we have the military presence. It's vital that we do, but they have to believe we're prepared uh, uh, to use it and to use the force. We are bombing. Look at the the difference we make now with this, the freeing of the Yazidis, the bombings in in Iraq in Syria. But they they have a problem. How do you what do you do about Assad? It's not a simple. There's no simple magic bullet solution here, but there are things that we could do, and the messages and things that the West should have done or early on in the beginning, that uh, could have made a, a, a big base. We see that al-Nusra just took two military bases away from the Syrian government. Is that what we, who we want to see in control of Syria? No. And, and, the, uh, and where did they get the weapons from, From that the U.S. gave to rebel groups that they took away from them, yeah. including American uh, tow missiles? And uh, a, a thousand Syrian troops were guarding these bases, 500 escaped, and we believe they claimed 350 were killed and 200 captured um, from these things that get almost no attention in the press, which could be a, a you know a, a very significant uh, shift. And the thank God the things like Geneva convention the meeting doesn't even get much press.
0: <laughs> Uh, Malcolm Honline with us, Arif Shabbos Chanukah, a hundred topics we're not going to get to. Uh, let me ask you a couple of them. Uh, what do you think of Sony pulling the movie?
7: Well, we're certainly inviting intimidation. We're going to invite. I understand why they did it. You know, it's a business decision, it's a security decision. But and and we will find that it's not just North Korea that this had to go through a series of steps because they they have to protect you know the source, so they don't want to be shown that it was them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if their buddy uh, Iran wasn't involved in, somehow, in some way. But, you know, w- w- what does that mean? That no one will, will make a movie that's critical of, of, you know, anything to do with the Taliban or Afghanistan or, or the what's going on in Syria or ISIL because they're afraid of, of uh, the consequences that we'd be threatened. It's really a serious uh, move, and this concession is only only feeds the terrorists. I'm saying I understand why they do it, and I don't want to see, you know, people being hurt. But, I, I, you know, we can take security measures. There are ways to deal with it. But it reminds us that we have a whole new front, and that's the cybersecurity front. And we haven't got the tools really to, to contain it. We have better and better firewalls. But just think of how you could disrupt a whole economy based on, on, on their capacity to... Steal records to mess up things to get into nuclear files
0: it's endless when you think about it it's a miracle it hasn't happened yet um that happened yeah yeah, but not to the degree that you're describing but yes of course it happens northern border of israel we keep reading i mean again i bring this up to you every few weeks because there's always reports coming about uh, you know the hotbed of activity up there what could you tell us today about it
7: well, it is true that uh, Nusra, uh, as reported, we're, were closer to the border. Um, ISIS uh, lately coming closer, but they're using it as a base to operate against the Syrian army. But they are encroaching closer to the border with Israel. Israel, uh, the, the border itself is co- controlled by uh, Syrian rebel groups who are entrenched there. Israel works with them, supports them, whether, uh, well, whatever way they do, uh, and certainly Jordan. Uh, so the border is not right now in danger, and there's no indication that they want to try, that they will even consider challenging Israel now because neither the Syrian government nor the uh, al-Qaeda or other groups because they know that the response will be devastating.
0: No matter who the prime minister ends up being.
7: No matter who, but the, the message of the government's intentions is very important. That's why I think any candidate has to make clear that Israel will not in any way diminish, that it will be tougher, in fact, in enforcing security of its borders and the war against terrorism and, and hopefully together with the united states with other countries in the west that there will be a concerted a truly concerted um, action because everybody becomes the victims as you said we yeah. saw it this week everybody becomes the victim of tolerance of 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 intolerance and tolerance of of terrorism
0: no question about it. Uh, Eli Ishai leaving Shas, will that have any effect on the possible coalitions after the election?
7: Yes, it could. And, uh, and uh, you know, there'll be a lot of shifting and maneuvering going on. Uh, as you, know, you may have seen, the polls show Bibi recovering uh, from the initial uh, polls and the, the reaction to the marriage of Livni and, uh, <laughs> uh, in the Labor Party with uh, uh, Bougie Herzog. And I think that. You'll see a lot of waves. There is still strong anti-incumbent feelings against Netanyahu um, about, you know, when you're in office for a long time, people get, there's a fatigue there. But when they look at it and they say, according to the polls and things that read the analysis, that, you know, who else can lead it, who else will be. And, and if the security threats increase, people will go for the tried and tested, even if they disagree with them on a lot of
0: issues. Well, Cajal and Lieberman are, uh, now seem to be a couple.
7: Well, there are... Well, that that's not going to happen, I don't think.
0: It will that. not happen? I think that... And he, Lieberman, thinks he it
7: could... It won't happen before the election. It could happen that they will go into some sort of coalition after the election.
0: I mean, he but, thinks he'd be effective enough in the role, Lieberman. Army. He thinks he'd be effective enough in the role, and uh, when it I comes... I
7: didn't say... I didn't comment on whether he would be effective or how he'd be seen. He has rehabilitated his image a lot with the American government, which, you know... And he's very close to to Putin and to others... Whether people see him as a prime minister or not, you know, time will tell. They will test it, but they will test everybody.
0: You think Michael Oren's going to be on a Knesset list? I don't think so. And, um, by the way, if you're wondering, Alon Shvud is not in Israel, according to the New York Times. That's true. You saw that.
7: Probably Israel shouldn't be in Israel, according
0: to... (laughs) That's true. But I I said one thing, at least the New York Times is consistent. you know what I mean? (laughs) And remember, Malcolm, on this era of Shabbos Hanukkah, there'll be a United States embassy in Havana before one in Jerusalem. Could we get a member of Congress to get out on the stump and say that this weekend?
7: I'm sure there are people who who will be willing to say it. We don't have an American embassy there yet, but we will. And the president, obviously, is giving this a priority I just hope it doesn't translate, indicate anything that, in terms of what what our expectations are in Iran, um, that, you know, we we, uh, move ahead and then see this as a real option. Iran's activities, Turkey's activities, others, have no price. There's no uh, restrictions, Uh, really. I mean, we have obviously on Iran extensive sanctions, and America is, is implementing those sanctions, and those continue. Uh, by and large, and their economic conditions still suffer, and they they can't access the money even for the oil they sell for a large part of it. But now with the drop in the price of oil uh, for Iran, uh, which has still too many leeways where they can, you know, do bilateral trading with money that they have in other countries, um, we have to really turn the screws. We see again the the nature, the true nature of the activity, what they're doing, how they're encouraging terrorism around the world, how they. Uh, are supporting uh, the worst elements and themselves extending uh, uh, the Iranian presence and footprint uh, around the region.
0: Hey, enjoy Shabbos Hanukkah.
7: Sure, but people should take seriously this discussion and remember that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes it's a train coming at you. But this week (laughs) the lights are real and a reminder that we overcame worse. We will overcome this if we remain united
0: it's hey, I saw the tw- and if we stand together, we can overcome it. I saw the 2014 Aliyah statistics from Nefesh B'Nefesh. There's definitely some hope out there. I can tell you that much.
7: There is a lot of hope, and we have a great state, Jewish state. We have great friends in America. We see more and more how many people from different segments of American society are rallying to the to the lights of. Uh, of the Maccabees in, in our time. It's by Mahim Imahim Basman Azad. The no miracles question. of those days are happening now. We just have to appreciate them. We have to recognize them. We have to show God that we, we are deserving of them.
0: No question. Have a wonderful Shabbos and Chag Urim Sameach. Friday morning, J.M. and the A.M. on this era of Shabbos, Chanukah. Candle lighting at 410. We'll bench our Shodesh tomorrow or Shkodesh Teves will be on Monday and Tuesday. Special shout out to Congregation Aguda Shalom in Stamford, Connecticut. Looking forward to seeing everybody there tonight. Up in Connecticut. And yes, the challenge, I don't know why this is so difficult for people to comprehend. We keep getting emails about it. We're looking for somebody out there to take nine mushroom lamps. You know the mushroom lamp? That's now the big craze from the kosher lamp people. We want someone to take nine mushroom lamps and make a gigantic uh tabletop menorah and take a picture. That's all. And get it out there. We've been inundated with pictures of different menorahs and donuts and dreidels and everything you can imagine. We're simply looking for this. Uh, this time each every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomeri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Udin. Good morning,
2: Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. And the Freyla HaKhanaka. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Miketz. Before I get to Miketz... I'd like to, first of all, address what we are to do this evening and why. A significant thought about Chanukah. And then, please God, we'll tie it in to Parshas Miketz. First of all, tonight, when we have the privilege of lighting the fourth night of Chanukah, so be aware that you cannot use the small... Colored Hanukkah candles to satisfy your obligation tonight, and the reason for this is as follows: We're going to light near Hanukkah tonight before Hadlakas near Shabbos. Near Shabbos, Shabbos light is to be lit approximately four fifteen. The near Hanukkah, we're lighting at about four ten, five minutes before. Now watch when you light the nerkanika before the ideal time the ideal time to light is from 5:10 and on but we're lighting it an hour before so there has to be enough fuel to get us from the time we light from 4:10 till 5:10 which is the proper time for lighting and then If we were lighting at 510, which we can't do because it's Shabbos, then it has to burn minimally a half an hour. So that means that the fuel that we use tonight has to last at least an hour and a half. Now, the small colored candles cannot make it. Therefore, if your oil will burn at least an hour and a half, that's wonderful. Use the oil. And if not, use Shabbos candles. Now, if your Hanukkah menorah does not take the Shabbos candles, so one of two possibilities. You don't need a menorah. If you can put four tea lights on a piece of tin foil, and that would be your four lights, put that in the window, and a little bit away from those four, you'll put another one as a shamash. And if necessary, you're only going to use one. Because ideally, tonight we light four, but if necessary, B'dyeved, if that's the circumstance and situation, one could make the bracha or brachos even over just one light. But again, you're not to use the um, small colored candles. And as well, in terms of the electric menorah, once again, one cannot recite the brachos of Ne'er Hanukkah over the electric menorah. Now, I'd like to share with you a very basic point. We know that the very lighting of the menorah is to remind us of the miracle which took place. They found but one jar of pure oil, and it lasted, as we know, instead of one day for eight, and therefore each night we light the menorah to commemorate this miracle. Now, I'd like to ask a very basic question, in the Al-Hanisim that we recite in every Shemona Esrei. And tonight, when we are going to please God, have our suudah Shabbos, and tomorrow, so we must include the al in the Birkas HaMazon, why? Because we have to wash for Shabbos. And therefore this Birkas HaMazon we have to say. So in the Birkas HaMazon tonight and tomorrow, and all the Shemona Esrei of Shabbos, we're going to say, wow, look what you did for us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You, Mosarto Giborim, Biad Chaloshim. You delivered the strong, listen carefully, into the hands of the weak. Rabim. The many, biyad ma'atim, in the hands of the few. The tumeim, the impure, into the hands of the pure. The rishayim, literally the wicked, into the hands of the righteous. And the zaydim and the wanton, into the hands of the students of your Torah. Now I ask you, why don't we have an act to commemorate that miracle, the miracle of the military victory. And I'd like to suggest that what did we go to war for? That in reality, when we light the Neh Hanukkah tonight and throughout the week of Hanukkah, we are reminding ourselves what we went to war for, why why did we fight? Unlike Purim, where, quote, the physical body of the Jew was in peril, There was a threat to destroy by Purim, as it says in the Megillah, God forbid to exterminate the Jewish people. Therefore, since... We were saved physically at the time of Purim, therefore there's a mitzvah, number one, to have a festive meal on Purim. And therefore, we focus on Purim, Mishloach Manos, and the Su'uda, as opposed to Hanukkah, where the threat was a spiritual threat. Now listen carefully. The Greeks prided themselves that they were, after all, men of Knowledge. They were a civilization that produced philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, and historians like Herodotus and philosophers, dramatists, Sophocles, etc. And they were the ones who they produced art and architecture. So they believed in wisdom. And they recognized that the Jewish people had wisdom as well. And they said, we have wisdom and you have wisdom. Our wisdom is like your wisdom. So what was the fight between Greece and the Jewish nation, the answer is, is there a form of wisdom that is beyond man? And the Greeks said, no. What man can understand, that is wisdom. What he can't understand, that's not wisdom. And the Jews says, in addition to chokmas enushi, the wisdom of man, there is a chokmas eloki. There is a wisdom of the divine, which is beyond man's understanding. And we yield to this higher order of understanding. And that they could not accept. And not only couldn't they accept it, that's what their major gripe against the Jewish people was. And I'll prove it to you. The Greeks had control over the temple. They could have taken a match, and burnt the whole temple down. They didn't. What did they do? As we say and sing every night in the Mo'oz Tzur, Homos Chomos Migdolai. Which means literally, they made breaches in the walls of the temple. Now, I ask you, in your mind, what does that mean? Well, you can only imagine that the temple had been completely, um, unfortunately, physically brought under serious disrepair. And the Talmud tells us, no. If you look in the Mishnah, in Midos, the Mishnah tells us what they did was as follows. There was a partition in the Beis HaMikdash called a Soreg, Samach Vav, Resh Gimel. And this Soreg was a partition which was found 11 Amos into the Azara, the main courtyard of the temple. And that was the point where beyond that point a non-Jew could not go. And this is what bothered them. That we made a demarcation between Jew and non-Jew. So they took their spears and they made 13 breaches in this sorek, in this partition. They didn't touch the walls of the temple. They were basically saying there is no distinction between your wisdom and our wisdom. And we're saying there is a very significant distinction. And the truth of the matter is... This is the blessing that if one is privileged to see a great, outstanding, secular scholar, one recites a blessing. <inaudible> we basically thank God who has apportioned his knowledge to Basar <inaudible> Vadam, right? Who has, excuse me, given of his knowledge to human beings. God, son gave knowledge. As opposed to an outstanding shall we that we say, Shecholak mechachmoso. God has literally given a chilek, a part of His wisdom. Namely, that which God has stays. There's a commonality. There's something higher. There's something divine which is found with the Talmud Chacham. And this is what the Greeks could not accept. And therefore, on Hanukkah, we focus on the lighting of the menorah, because Haneros Halolu Kodeshem, these lights that we light, they are holy. And that is the point of Hanukkah, to remind ourselves that there is The concept of Kedusha, of holiness in this world. They were against Shabbos, and what is Shabbos? Shabbos Kodesh. They were against Mila, circumcision, and what is circumcision? Bris Kodesh. They were against the Jewish calendar, chodesh, and what is that? Kedush HaKodesh. They were against the concept of sanctity in this world, and that's what Hanukkah is all about. Now, you have this in the parasha. You have it in the parasha with Yosef, who in, goes down to Egypt and is able to conduct himself literally in a manner of holiness in an impure environment and society. And that I can show you, interestingly, is what the Shulchan says based upon the Talmud. When they used to light the menorah outside, and this is coming back in Israel today, facing the door of the home, the mezuzah was on the right, and the Ne'er was on the left. I heard beautifully from one of my colleagues, on the right when you go into the house, reminding you that you're not alone in your house, God is with you in your home, and on the right when you leave your house, Going into society, you're taking God with you, and this is what Yosef Hadadig did. Number one, number two, a very subtle point, but I think it says a lot. If you look in chapter forty-two, I'm sorry, chapter forty-three, in Parshas Miketz, where the Torah tells us that there was quote separate seating, verse thirty-two. That the Egyptians did not eat with the Jewish people. Why? Keto Eva he lohem. Because this was literally loathsome to the Egyptians. Now Rashi says, look in the Targum and it'll tell you why. And the Targum says, because the Egyptians did not eat the animals because they worshiped the animals. And we ate the animals. So if bothered them, and they, therefore we couldn't eat together. But if you think about it, they look at physical strength, and therefore they put man and animal, forgive me, almost on the same level. And we don't focus on the guf, on the body. We focus on the neshama. Elokai, we say every day, neshama shenasat to be the beautiful neshama, the soul that you gave me to Horahi, It is pure. The concept of kedusha, the concept of sanctity. This, my friends, is the essence of Hanukkah. And so, when we see the near Hanukkah, tonight and the rest of the week, it is to remind us, literally, Ashrenu matov chelkeinu, how privileged we are that in addition to having the knowledge of all the other branches of the menorah, the primary branch of the menorah, the middle one, was... And as Rashi cites in Parshas Emor, the Torah says that the menorah was placed and that the edus doesn't only go for the Aron, but the edus goes for the menorah. Namely, it's a testimony. To the entire world, the God's presence is found in Israel. It was, it is, the Near Hanukkah shows us that we are such a special people and that literally at the core of our existence is the sanctity of the Jew and the sanctity of the Jewish people. Shabbat Shalom and Ephraim HaChanukkah to all.
1: the 8 we will
0: There you go. JM in the AM. <laughs> uh, Lenny Solomon. It's Hanukkah night, brand new. I'm told he was great last night at the YU concert. JM in the AM. Hey, what's going on with that? Uh, God Elbaz tomorrow night at the Millennium Theater. You can get your tickets at godelbaz.com. Millennium Theater in Brooklyn, New York. Sunday night's the big event at uh, Queens College. With Lipa, Yishai Lapidot, and company. That's happening at Queens College on Sunday night. You can check it out online. Get your tickets. I want to thank those who are commenting on the NSN app. Your comments are welcome. That's for sure. Um. Table for two with Naomi Nachman is coming up. Alex Edov, the kosherologist.com. Melinda Strauss, kitchentested.com. Hani Applebaum, busyinbrooklyn.com. All join Naomi comparing Hanukkah recipes and a whole bunch of stuff that's happening between nine and ten this morning before we get into the incredible Erev Shabbos Hanukkah music mix with a big thank you to our friends at Kedem. Um, tomorrow night I've Rummy host Saturday Night Seagull Shabbos Chanukah edition starting at 10pm Eastern Time on the stream. Make sure to be tuned in for that. Matis has JM Sunday Chanukah edition from 7 until 9 on Sunday morning here on the stream at jmandtheam.org. And um, Elliot Weiselberg doing an amazing job. With court reports, Sunday nights, 7 o'clock, basketball, hockey, everything you'd expect from the Yeshiva League. Court report with Elliot Weiselberg happens on uh, Sunday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So, listener Cena wrote to me. She may be a drop late for this, but uh, I'll take the blame. This is all my blame, Ira. <laughs> Mazel tov to uh, husband, father, and Zaidi Ira Eisenman of North Miami Beach celebrated a birthday on the first day of Hanukkah. Hoping had a great day and wishing you a wonderful year ahead. Filled with good health, simcha, and nachas from Ima and all the children and grandchildren. And, of course, listeners, Sina is among them. I <laughs> think she's the Ima in that, uh, in that note. So happy birthday, Ira. Celebrate all Hanukkah. Yeah, it's a, it's a week-long celebration. Don't worry about that. Doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's already the uh, fourth night tonight. No big deal. JM in the A. I'm wishing everybody a wonderful Shabbos Chanukah. Four ten is candle lighting time. We'll benrosh shodesh. Tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Teves will be on Monday and Tuesday. This is JM and the AM. For girls, don't forget to eat your favorite donuts on Hanukkah. And remember the great miracle
4: that Hashem did for us so many years ago. We had such a fun time today learning all about Hanukkah. You know, playing dreidel is my favorite game. Happy Hanukkah! favorite donuts are jelly donuts and my good friend cousin Nachum, he loves chocolate covered donuts
0: with colored sprinkles on top do you have a favorite donut too Uncle Mighty at the Young Israel of Woodmere this coming Sunday. Monday, he'll be at the Yeshiva of Flatbush. Check it all out online and go and enjoy a great Hanukkah celebration. JAM and the AM at 8 minutes before 9 o'clock. Wrapping up the week here at J.M. and the AM. Monday morning, we are back. Make sure to be tuned in. If you missed any of our big Soul Farm performance last night, last night. If you missed a big Soul Farm performance yesterday morning here at JM&AM, check it out online. Go at some point over the weekend to jmdm.org and check out our archives. You'll be glad you did. That's for sure. Uh, you will be very glad you did. <laughs> Wrap up this segment with Alanisim at JM&AM. And Rimberg and Company, Al Hanisim, as we get set for a wonderful Shabbos Chanukah. Hope everybody has delicious latkes, great sufganiyot, a wonderful dreidel game at some point, and enjoyable Chanukah celebrations all weekend long. Time to say good Shabbos, it's journeys at jam and the Israel and Achimachem, my brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world in the web at jmandtheam.org. o r g. Well, if anybody gets nine mushroom lamps together, please, please take a photo and send it to us. <laughs> We're looking for that mushroom lamp, menorah. Um, thank you for another fabulous week here at JM in the AM. <laughs> Big shout-out to congregation Agudath Shalom in Stamford. Hope to see everybody there tonight. Have a wonderful Shabbos Hanukkah, everybody. Enjoy, enjoy your weekend Hanukkah celebrations. May they be wonderful. Uh, Naomi Nachman is next. Both video form on AchamSegal.com and audio form on JMNAM.org with table for two. I've Rummy tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Mat this Sunday morning with Saturday, with uh, JM Sunday. Elliot Weiselberg 7 p.m. with court report on Sunday at JMNAM.org. Till next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.